Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations. Hello there. As energy prices hit unprecedented levels across the world, what tools are available to the EU and its member states to support citizens and businesses and control the spiralling costs? Today, Friday the 9th of September, EU energy ministers are meeting to discuss a swathe of potential measures to mitigate the impact of soaring energy prices on European citizens. Representatives of the 27 member states had already agreed in early August to work towards reducing Europe's gas demand by some 15%. In addition, Bulgarian socialist MEP Svetlina Penkova, a member of the European Parliament's Energy Committee, gives BNR a rundown of some of the monetary measures that have been introduced around the bloc to lessen citizens' pain. Germany has a 300 euro electricity allowance for workers who pay income tax. In Greece, more than 8 billion euros have been allocated as energy subsidies, which have been available since September last year. Romania has introduced schemes that cap households, gas and electricity bills, and the state makes up the difference to energy suppliers. Meanwhile, Commission President Ursula von der Leyen tabled five substantial proposals for discussion at this week's Energy Council. These include calling on member states to reduce their demand for electricity and limiting the revenue of power generators whose technologies produce at a lower cost than the wholesale market price. Another is the introduction of a so-called windfall tax to be levied on energy companies' excess profits. German broadcaster AMS shares the Commission Chief's comments. Let me remind you that we have an energy shortage all over the world and that the pressure on the energy markets is extremely high. This is why we want to skim off excessive profit, some of which comes from the energy companies, and make it available to citizens who cannot afford this adjustment, but also to protect companies that are struggling, for example, with these high energy costs. I repeat, the goal is to influence the electricity price, bearing in mind that this is also influenced by global circumstances. The Russian gas cap will certainly be discussed in detail at the Energy Council. Von der Leyen went on to confirm that the Commission will release a legislative proposal on emergency intervention measures early next week. Several EU countries, including Spain, Italy, Romania and Greece, have already introduced this kind of windfall tax. And support for the measure is growing elsewhere in the bloc, including in Paris and Berlin. The question is whether such a policy should be implemented at EU level or left to member states to decide. In Germany, MP and leader of the Greens, Ricarda Lang, expressed her desire for Brussels to intervene but said that Germany would go it alone if necessary. I think it's a bit more winter of solidarity than winter of anger at this point. But it is also clear that if we do not quickly find a solution here at European level, we will introduce such an instrument at national level. Europe will not become an excuse here. Our goal is to make progress at the European level, but in an emergency, we are also prepared to act nationally. The G7 announced last Friday, the 2nd of September, 
that they would urgently seek to cap Russian oil prices in order to reduce the burden on citizens and vulnerable businesses. This is another of the measures on the table at the Energy Council. As the bloc's energy ministers prepared for today's meeting, Lithuania's former energy minister Arvidas Sekmokas told Žinių Radias that price capping alone would never be enough. Regulators often follow the lead of policymakers, sticking to the principle that the market should be free and regulation minimal. This looks set to change. It looks like regulation will be strengthened. Liberal energy will retreat a little and the energy situation, the price situation, will be solved through regulation. This is what the European Commission is trying to do. Simply reducing prices without regulation is impossible. One way to cap the price of gas would be for Brussels to create a single buyer entity that could negotiate specific volumes against specific prices with Russia. Charles Cuvelier, a professor at ULB's École Polytechnique de Bruxelles, tells RTBF that this is not actually as radical as it might sound. We forget that during the first electricity liberalization, this single biosystem was provided for in the directives but not retained by member states. The positive example of the grouped purchase of vaccines has changed things a bit, which is interesting. The single biosystem already exists in practice, but not in a very virtuous way. We see President Macron going to negotiate gas contracts in Algeria and Mario Draghi doing the same. But if we were respecting Europe's liberal orthodoxy, it should have been NG or any to go. Former Energy Minister Sek Mokas believes that Lithuania's focus should be on producing more electricity of its own, because right now the country relies on imports to cover more than 70% of its electricity needs. It is very important to start planning today for a state investment program to develop electricity generation in Lithuania. Other countries do not face such a problem. Meanwhile, we import at least 70% of our electricity. Of course, we plan to produce 80 or 90% by 2050, but this is a very distant future. We need such a program today. This is a matter of national security. We cannot be 70% dependent on electricity imports. And of course, there are some small steps being taken, like support for those who invest in renewable energy themselves, support for citizens. But I would say these are microscopic steps. As a country that's able to export up to 40% of the electricity it produces, one might expect Bulgaria's electricity prices to have remained stable. Yet even here, prices have skyrocketed. This is due to the increased demand in neighbouring countries, which affects the prices on Bulgaria's energy exchange. This said, despite its unenviable geographical location on the doorstep of both Ukraine and Russia, Bulgaria is in a significantly more comfortable position when it comes to its electricity supply than many of its neighbours. This is because it does not depend on gas to produce its electricity, but still has a predominantly coal-based system, says environmental and resource management consultant Boyan Rashev. Rashev tells BNR that the fact that Brussels has turned its back on coal is partially to blame for Europe's current woes.
I'll give you a specific example. The emissions trading scheme, where carbon allowances currently cost between 80 and 90 euros per tonne, is Putin's weapon at the moment. It gives huge advantages to gas plants over coal plants, as coal plants have to pay much more for emissions than gas plants. And what happens? Europe, by making coal plants pay, makes itself dependent on gas. Of course, this does rather ignore the environmental arguments for pushing alternatives to coal. Tuesday, the 6th of September, was the 11th anniversary of Nord Stream 1 going into operation. But there was a marked absence of celebration in Europe. In 2011, Renew Europe MEP Urmas Part had been Estonia's foreign minister. He tells Kuku Radio that people were aware of the power they were placing in Moscow's hands even back then, but that nobody wanted to acknowledge the risk. Yet Part attempts to allay our fears about the energy crisis that is brewing this winter. If you look at the bigger picture, it's true that most of Europe's gas tanks are being filled in a hurry to get through this winter. The point is that countries are not quite at the same level. There are a number of countries whose reserves are already at 80 or even 90 percent, and then there are some where the figure is lower. There may be concerns in those countries that have not yet been able to build up sufficient reserves. However, if you look at the fact that all sorts of alternatives with other suppliers, with LNG for example, are still being worked on. I don't think we need to be too worried. Prices have gone up and new mechanisms are needed to suppress this. But as far as the availability of energy sources is concerned, the picture is not as bleak as some are trying to paint it. Since the Russian invasion of Ukraine in late February, the EU has shown solidarity with Kyiv in a range of ways, including by initiating a package of sanctions. However, this solidarity, as we are all learning, requires sacrifice. Italy's Matteo Salvini is among those speaking out to denounce this painful solidarity. Traditionally close to Moscow, the leader of Lega Nord hopes to win back voters' support at Italy's legislative elections on the 25th of September. Salvini openly agreed with one entrepreneur's point of view, as reported by our colleagues at Radio 24. I'd like to hear something different from the politicians, says this entrepreneur, because we made the wrong decision on the sanctions against Russia and we're harming ourselves. But none of them will say so because they know they'll be demolished. Well, here I am. But the far right is not unanimous on this subject. Brothers of Italy leader Giorgia Meloni, for example, does not intend to question the European sanctions. Do you really believe that Italy's stance will alter anything in the conflict in Ukraine if tomorrow Italy were to stop sending weapons and participating in the sanctions? What would the rest of the West do? Nothing. They would keep sending weapons and imposing sanctions. The UK alone sends more weapons than the whole of Europe. It is our position. We are deciding our future, our credibility. 1.5% of our exports go to Russia, 80% go to the West. If tomorrow Italy stopped participating in the decisions of its allies, nothing would change for Ukraine, but a lot would change for us. A serious nation that cares about its interests must maintain a credible stance. 
Thanks for listening. Do come back next week for more news from around the Euronet Plus network. <laughs>